Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Blow up. Good morning, Miami Dolphins fans. Maybe it's good afternoon. Regardless of when you are listening, it is a beautiful day because the Miami Dolphins are on the practice field. Training camp is here. Strength and conditioning window underway. And the Dolphins social media channels are teasing the return of the Dolphins to the football field. Namely by, you know, being exceptionally cruel and posting a video of the quarterbacks and tight ends running uh, gassers and seeing one Tua Tungavaloa in a red number one practice jersey. Teasing the fact that, you know, that the Los Angeles Chargers shared videos of Justin Herbert in full gear, made it a reality, and they got those awesome uniforms. Is there anything anybody wants to see more than Tua in a retrofit uniform right now for the Dolphins. Make it happen, Miami. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins today. Your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing in our USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting over the Draft Network. And some stuff went down over the weekend, including some stuff with the New York Jets, uh, divisional rivals, current home of Adam Gase, hated former Miami Dolphins head coach. That's where we need to start today, because I think there's some dynamics there uh, regarding a, a massive loss for the Jets in terms of opt-outs, a cut that was made over the weekend for the Jets, and the general message of you know, where, where each, what direction each team is heading for 2020. The Miami Dolphins have, to date, not experienced any individual player elect to opt out for the 2020 season amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. But that doesn't mean the AFC East landscape has not drastically changed. It has. And the most recent opt-out comes from the New York Jets with star linebacker C.J. Mosley electing to sit out for the 2020 season. It is a loss that will greatly hurt the Jets' defense and comes just a week after the Jets traded their star safety, Jamal Adams, to the Seattle Seahawks for a trade package that could be best compared to the one the Miami Dolphins got for offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil. The Jets were already a team with Adam Gase as their head coach, who was projected to struggle this season, but the loss of Mosley will hurt them greatly. It's impossible to blame C.J. Mosley or any NFL player for electing to sit out if they feel as though playing is not in the best interest of them as an individual, or their families. And, and players are exercising their right to do so at some teams on a much higher rate than others. Uh, but for Mosley specifically, the decision is a no-brainer when you consider the financial implications based on the way the Jets structured his contract. The Jets gave Mosley, when he signed the monster contract he did last offseason in 2019, a $10 million roster bonus that was due to him in March of 2020. Well, that $10 million has already been paid out. So Mosley will elect to sit out. He will forfeit the vast majority of his $1 million in base salary 
for 2020. But he's already collected the $10 million roster bonus as part of the guaranteed money that was due to him due to the structure of the contract. Nobody writes these contracts in anticipation of a global pandemic, but the way the Jets structured the deal means Mosley's going to opt out for the season and he's still going to collect over $10 million this year. Makes it a lot easier of a decision when there's less of a financial strain that a player gets put into. But how will this impact Miami? Well, the Dolphins should have already been expected to be better than New York. When you take into consideration the improvements that the Dolphins had as a team from last year to this year throughout the course of the offseason, when you take into consideration the coaching staffs in place, and Miami knows all too well about New York Jets head coach Adam Gase, very uninspiring. You take into consideration just how much better the Dolphins were than the Jets in recent years. The Dolphins are 4-2 and two in their last three seasons against the New York Jets, and the most recent game they played was a one-point Jets win that the Jets needed a very gracious defensive pass interference call during the final possession of the game to get in a position to kick the game-winning field goal. And the Dolphins were the team that was supposed to be the worst roster in football. Yet the Dolphins very nearly swept the Jets last year. Granted, they didn't play him with C.J. Mosley on the roster because C.J. Mosley got hurt after three quarters in the season opener and missed the entire rest of the season for the Jets last year. What will change for the dynamics of New York versus Miami in the here and now is the Jets are not trending in the right direction. The Jets also cut starting offensive guard Brian Winters over the course of the weekend. He's a player that potentially could make sense for the Dolphins to kick the tires on. Winters started 23 games over two seasons when Shane Gailey was there as the offensive coordinator in 2015 and 2016. He's under the age of 30. He's another interior offensive lineman. The Dolphins will have to make sure that if they do call up Brian Winters from a financial perspective, they're not going to put themselves in a bad position for the 2021 offseason with a reduced salary cap. But it's at least food for thought. It's at least something to think about. But the Jets, between the losses of Winters and Mosley's opt-out and the trade of Jamal Adams and the bad coaching situation that they have there, and they downgraded at wide receiver, They lost Robbie Anderson and replaced him with Brashad Perryman in the second-round draft pick and Denzel Mims. Rookie wide receivers take a while to get acclimated at the pro level. The impact of the Mosley thing is it's a, a piece of the greater picture, which is that the Jets, for 2020, are not moving in the right direction. The Dolphins are. To be fair to the New York Jets, I like what general manager Joe Douglas has done throughout the course of his first year with the team at his first window of free agency, at his first NFL draft. They did some really nice things. They got good value throughout the course of the draft. They made plus value picks. But this team as a whole, I don't know how ready this team is to compete. Because it feels like they've got a lame duck situation at the head coaching spot. A coach who Joe Douglas did not pick. And this roster is getting worse because of the top-shelf talent that they have is not going to be at their disposal this year. 
I think Joe Douglas will be a formidable foe for the Dolphins. But I don't think he's going to be a formidable foe. I don't think his roster is going to be a formidable foe for the NFL in 2020 when you take into account all of the variables that still need to get better for the New York Jets. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, pizza, Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting restaurants in your community safely, and there are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. You've counted on the restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they are still open for delivery thanks to DoorDash. DoorDash is an app that brings the food you're craving right now right to your front door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, The Cheesecake Factory, and countless others. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On, That's $5 off and zero in delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Some administrative updates regarding the reserve COVID-19 list. Uh, The Dolphins have removed long snapper Blake Ferguson from the list. He joins Benito Jones as a player who was added and has since been removed. Uh, But over the course of the weekends, the the Dolphins did add defensive lineman Zach Seiler, linebacker Jerome Baker, and offensive guard Eric Flowers. Now, once the testing protocols are clear, the Dolphins are free to remove all of these players with no long-term implications on player eligibility or having to miss time. It's just a, it's the reserve COVID list is designed to allow teams to quarantine safely players who are either testing positive or who are coming into close contact with people who are daily testing right now. And um, that is inevitably going to, Uh, create a lot more awareness of how prevalent they are in each of the NFL roster communities. For example, uh, Matt Stafford had several consecutive days of negative tests. He tested positive one day last week. He's on the COVID list. He has a couple negative tests. He will come off. And and some of these cases, you may even have false positives where a player gets put on the list and then they're removed from the list in a very short span of time. So nothing at this point in time, at least from a roster construction standpoint and player availability for the start of the season, none of the, the reserve COVID players right now are anticipated to be players that are going to be losses for the Dolphins when it comes time to play games because there is still such a large window. For what it is worth... Jerome Baker hopped on social media over the weekend and kind of reassured everybody. He said, y'all, I'm fine. Appreciate the love and support. So it's something to keep an eye on and monitor. But at this point in time, there should be no assumptions by Dolphins fans that any of the players that are put on this list 
are going to be losses that the Dolphins are going to have to endure by the time the season rolls around. You know, if we get contact and positive tests or close calls with players in the immediate vicinity of games, then yes, that's something on a week-by-week basis the Dolphins are going to have to be able to take in stride, just like all the other teams in the league. But from an Eric Flowers and Jerome Baker perspective, it's not as though we need to be bracing for not having those players for week one against the Patriots. Mentioned a little earlier in the show that the New York Jets had cut offensive guard Brian Winters, who had experience starting with Shane Gailey. So I wanted to do like a little bit of background and, and explore whether or not this was realistically something the Dolphins should be looking to explore. I remember when Larry Warford was cut, you know, that, that was all we heard about. And, and we talked about that several times on this show. You know, if, if the Dolphins want to improve their offensive line and, and they want to compete in 2020, go sign Larry Warford. Well, Larry Warford opted out of the season as a free agent. He will not play this year. So Brian Winters is kind of one of the better guard options on the free agent market. Is he somebody that the Dolphins should call up? Well, it's complicated to say any transaction that the Dolphins make from this point on for 2020. You're not so much worried about anything other than the implications for the cap space in 2021. Because what you're going to see is a lot of teams are going to have to tap into the rollover cap from year over year. Dolphins, as an example, have approximately $8 million in salary cap space right now. They have $165, $170 million in cap commitments for 2021. And the salary cap, is the, the floor is slated to sit at $175 million. So, Mathematically speaking, the Dolphins, you know, in a worst case scenario, are going to have approximately $10 million in salary cap space, but you can roll your cap over year over year. So if the Dolphins don't sign anybody and they end up having $18 million in salary cap space in 2020, you can transfer that cap space into the next year window. You know, it's not a if-you-don't-use-it-you-lose-it proposition. You can roll it over year over year over year over year. So for the Dolphins, you can go from having approximately $10 million in cap space on a $175 million cap floor to tripling that and having $28 million in cap space if you don't sign anybody. So anybody that the Dolphins bring in at this point for 2020, you got to look at from a real critical eye. And you got to ask yourself, is this worth the reduced flexibility for next offseason with such a steep reduction of the cap? The forecasts were $215 million for 2021 cap. In the worst case scenario, the cap's going down $40, $40 million from what it was projected to be. That's a big dip. And a team like the Dolphins, like, yes, it was going to be very exciting They we're going to have Plenty of cap space at their disposal. Now they got to be a little bit more thrifty for 2021. So is the short-term benefit of signing Brian Winters, if Brian Winters wants $5 million, hypothetically, not, not saying anywhere near that's what he expects or wants. But if he wants $5 million, is he worth losing 25% of your rollover cap 
on a short-term deal to compete for a starting job? No, he's probably not. You got to feel like any guy that you bring into the building and you're going to pay prominent money to now is going to be a guy who's going to be a starter for you and is going to fix a hole on your roster for an extended period of time. Well, Brian Winters is 29 years old. He'd be the third oldest player on the team the moment he signed the contract. Is he washed? No. He could still play a little bit. But is that the kind of player that you want to make concessions for your future with, especially because of the economic impact of COVID and the salary cap? No, I don't think so. So if they call up Brian Winters and Brian Winters is down to play for like a million dollars, okay. No guarantees. It's all base salary. We can cut you anytime we need to and save it against the cap. Yeah, I'll call you up. You started two years in Chain Gailey's offense. But if he has sizable commands and demands for what he would like to play for, it's probably not going to work out. And that's okay, but because the Dolphins, their, their whole thing, interestingly enough, we found out that Jesse Davis has been taking some snaps uh, since the team welcomed everybody back to training camp. And the, kind of once the players got greenlit and cleared to come through the, the testing protocols, uh, Jesse Davis, he, he had a, a media availability session and he talked about how he's been doing a little bit of snapping. And it's because the, the Dolphins, from a numbers perspective, they've just needed guys to like help warm up. And, and he went out there and was snapping. But like, lo and behold, he's actually like trying to take it seriously. And, and, the Dolphins have Michael Dieter as a potential starter at center. Ted Karras signed the one-year deal. The more you can do, especially in the offensive line for this team, the more valuable you're going to be. And if Jesse Davis figures out how to snap, he could feasibly play all five positions on the offensive line. There's a lot of value in being a utility offensive lineman who's the sixth guy who can fill any spot. And then that way you don't have to do this dumb thing that teams do where, okay, our left tackle got hurt, so we're going to take our left guard and we're going to move to left tackle and then we're going to put the backup left guard. It's like, okay, well, now you just made two spots worse. Just flip, put the next best guy in for the guy who gets hurt. Don't reduce the quality of play at two positions because the guy who was playing left guard is playing left guard probably because he can't feasibly play tackle at a high level. So don't put him outside of tackle. Now the whole left side of your line is washed. So Brian Winters, starting guard, well, you've got Jesse Davis, who can compete for that. Michael Dieter, who can compete for that. Ted Karras is probably center exclusive. Solomon Kindly can probably play both guard spots, but guard specific. Dolphins have flexibility, and I, I think that is enough of a prompt where unless they desperately feel as though they need a starting quality player and they don't feel as though any of their util guys that are kind of competing for those spots are ready to take that in the here and now. Brian Winters probably isn't going to guy that we're going to see a lot of play with unless he's super cheap. That is going to do it for us here today on the show. As a reminder, tomorrow's power to the pod. It's your show, your topics. You can reach me at locked on fins with a pH and submit your questions or discussion topics with the hashtag power to the pod. Or you can leave a five-star review via whatever apparatus you choose to listen to podcasts. And if I see a five-star review, 
when I sit down to record tomorrow morning, I promise I will read your question or topic. We get into the Twitter questions, usually get flooded with them. I do my best to answer as many of them as possible, but I will prioritize those five-star reviews because I've got to be completely honest. I really like being up there in the iTunes rankings, and those reviews help me get there. So tell a friend, hit subscribe, leave a review with a question, or you can tweet it at me, Locked on Fins with a PH. Power to the pod tomorrow, your show, your topics. So you tell me what you want to talk about on the show. Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Dolphins. And I hope you keep it locked in right here throughout the rest of the week and all throughout the buildup to the 2020 season because the Dolphins are officially back on the practice field.